Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey. Uh, joined today, soon, momentarily, after we get some business out of the way, by my old college friends and returning co-hosts, Kevin Weinman and Mike Cloud. Now, you guys have heard these uh, these two on the show a lot. Uh, they are two of my absolute favorite human beings in the entire universe. To say that I love these guys uh, would not begin to do uh, justice to the depth of my feelings for them. Uh, great guys, nice guys, always fun to talk to. I always appreciate when they make time to come out for us. Um, today we'll be discussing the Michael Bay action extravaganza, uh, uh, Bad Boys. Uh, could have been called Bad Cops, right? Bad Cops, Bad Cops. I am going to file reports against you because they're not great at their jobs, but the movie itself is wildly fun, and sometimes that's the better choice. Um, so on that note, guys, we need your help. The Alchemists need your help. We would ask you, please, take a second right now, leave a rating and review before we get to Mike and Kevin. Wherever you find this podcast, right, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcasts, I know you can do this on Stitcher. Wherever you can, leave us some love. Please, a quick five-star, a quick couple sentences on uh, why you like the show will help us find more alchemists to bring into the fold, and that helps us out a lot. Thank you very much. You can also find us on all the social media that you're on where you can shout the show out, share it with your other movie-loving friends, help us gather, amass the forces we need to uh, wage the podcast battle, as it were. You can also email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, with your ideas for movies you'd like to see us discuss, themes uh, for a whole month, double features, guest hosts you'd like to see us come on. Uh, we actually have a lot of guest hosts coming on for October. As you guys know, I'm warning you now, right? We're going to do some advanced warnings uh, for this entire month. The month of October, we're beginning our horror movie uh, mega extravaganza bonanza dive into the dark depths of the horror genre. Every single day in the month of October, we will have a new podcast. That's right, 31 new episodes. Uh, so every day you'll have a podcast popping up in your feed. We have been working on this for a long time. Please know this in advance. Uh, please download them all. If you uh, don't want to, just rejoin us after October, after the uh, deluge is done. We're covering every single one of the Scream movies, every single one of the Halloween movies, uh, the Evil Dead series, Candyman, and we have a bunch of guest hosts coming in to talk about one-off horror movies. So you're going to see a lot of podcasts from us coming up next month. We would just like to... Uh, warn you in advance and we hope that you're really excited about that we've been working on this for a long time a lot of great stuff and guests coming in uh so thank you guys for all the help you do for us without more babbling from me let's get to uh wineman and cloud again delivering a super fun conversation for us i absolutely adore these guys and i'm sure you will too thanks All right, joined again uh, by my friends and returning co-hosts, Kevin Weinman, Mike Cloud. What's up, guys? How's it going? <laughs> hey, buddy. All right, so we're back again. We were discussing. We have a little thread we do, right? What movie should we do next? And Kevin came up with a good one tonight. Kevin, would you like to walk the people through what we're talking about tonight and maybe a little bit on why you wanted to discuss this movie? 
Yeah, um, so we decided to go uh, back in time to uh, uh, when buddy cop movies uh, decided that it would be a smart idea to put um, two funny guys together as opposed to one funny guy and one asshole. Um, So uh, I appreciated the fact that in the 25th anniversary of Bad Boys that we went back and we took a look at what really made Michael Bay, Michael Bay, because this was his first real feature film, and uh, this was the movie that launched a couple of careers that we take for granted nowadays. Um, and uh, I, I thought I thought it would be smart of us to at least look at Michael Bay through a lens of, wow, what does this guy have to go and give us before he gave us, you know, 15 Transformers? And wit, wit, like, <laughs> and we got to remind ourselves that Martin Lawrence was first billed on this movie. He was first billed oh, before yeah. Will Smith, and he had to bring yeah. Will Smith onto this film. So what was life like before... Uh, Big Willie style really blew up the scene. So I uh, <laughs> hope everybody enjoys this, but I thought it was a smart move. Before we get jiggy with it. <laughs> yeah, um, I was I was stunned at how little of this movie had stuck with me. What I realized is that everything I thought was in Bad Boys is in Bad Boys too. <laughs> so this Same. was a fun getting to rewatch because I remember when this movie came out, how fucking stoked I was to see this. And to your point, it's because Martin was my favorite show on television. I thought Martin was the absolute funniest shit I'd ever seen in my life. And you're like, and Fresh Prince is cool, too. I watched that with my parents. Like, that's all right. But Martin was where it's at. I was like, mom and dad won't watch Martin with me, but they like Will Smith. So I was super excited about that. And it is weird because at this phase, too, we were still stuck very much in the... uh, you know, the the black guy, white guy thing, the the old gruff by the book guy versus the young, young hotshot. So we had had some really good duo cop movies. But this one, yeah, it has so many weird things, right? It's two TV stars coming to the big screen, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, two guys that are most known for comedy. They're both assholes. Like, they kind of play this as, this is the weird movie, too. I forgot that it just has this weird detour into the odd couple or freaky Friday section of the film. (laughs) So there's a lot of weird stuff to unpack in this movie, all happening at absolute breakneck pace by Michael Bay. (laughs) But it is such a weird, strange and fun flick. Cloud, what did you think rewatching bad boys? Like you, I was like, man, I was surprised at how little I remember of this movie. Like I remember both bad boys too, pretty vividly, but the first one, probably because I haven't seen it since I was like in middle school, uh, but rewatching, I'm like, my God, they just crammed every cop movie cliche into <laughs> a single film. Like, every, sort right. of having to give up their badges and guns, which they essentially kind of had to a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you're not following any of the mandates of being police officers anyways. Just go shoot a bunch of drug dealers. Yeah. Uh, my big takeaway from the movie, too, is I was like, if there was ever a movie that just said, let people do drugs legalize all drugs <laughs> this has to be it the consequences of illegal drugs in this movie are so vast how many innocent <laughs> like, bystanders died getting that heroin back yeah well literally if if that was what 15 bricks uh i don't know how many 30 kilos of heroin and then they cut it down how many people die because of that right none like they even said the security guard was gonna live right so you're like just fucking let them let them have drugs dude. <laughs> right because they just like they just poisoned the or they just uh sedated the security guard to start off yeah. and then the, the, yeah. the, the cops just totally escalated this whole thing <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like this entire movie was uh, sponsored by ethanol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, it's such. I honest to God, I, I'm thinking here in my head, guys. I don't really know where to start. Yeah. Like, what is the too. weirdest, most upfront uh, part well, of this? I, I, honestly, uh, let's start out with the beginning of the movie because I felt like it's one of the better introductions in terms of a buddy cop movie that we've seen yeah. in a long time. Which is yes. And by the way, this was not originally like part of the script. Like they felt like the introduction was just going to get into the crime scene. This was they they wrote this in after the movie had, uh, was kind of written. And what I liked about it was that you immediately get kind of get introduced into both of the characters and you know how uh, much of an asshole they are to each other. Um, so I, uh, I, I immediately you you get the sense that Martin is just going to push the limits with Will. Uh, they're in the Porsche. You're like, wh- what cop actually owns a Porsche? Right. And yeah, so they right. Like, the this cop for a hundred thousand dollar car. And so they didn't they didn't mess around with that storyline, which I appreciated. They got into like, you know, him being except they were like, You're a trust fund kid, and then that was it. Like get into we it, didn't like, learn not there at the beginning. Like it takes like no. twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well yeah. the screenwriter probably at a point is like half of the crowd is gonna think Will Smith's doing a, a villain turn at the end of this. 100%. So we gotta That's say the only something. way that he could go and afford a Porsche <laughs> in Miami. Um yeah. but but what'd you guys think about um uh all right, so first off what did you think about the opening scene? Uh, number two, uh, what were the parts of that opening scene that made you uh, realize that this was a Michael Bay film? Because mine was uh, the inappropriate uh, semi-racist language, and there was definitely a, <laughs> a plane flying over the sign that says Miami. So, like, those things, yes. I was like, yeah, we're in a yes. Michael Bay film. So they had the, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre color filters of, like, location, that's usually like he has these very weird, vivid color like cutaways, mm-hmm. right? It's one of those things that you don't want to show in a film. It, it was kind of one of my problems with like the Irishman, right? Is when they're like, we have a job in Michigan and we have to watch them drive to an airport, get on a plane and fly to somewhere and then get in the car and drive to the neighborhood so they can then drive to it. I was like, God damn, Scorsese, I don't need to travel. Like you say you're going to go kill someone in Michigan, go fucking kill them, get to the killing, right? And so. Michael Bay's like, I will supersede that by every time we travel, there are explosions and bullets or way vivid colors and a sign that says where we are. So, but this is the weird thing is how you do get that Michael Bay thing immediately. And Michael Bay almost ruined action movies for a period, right? Like a great example of this one. I was talking to a friend and he's like, yeah, that was the movie that essentially gave us things like Domino, right? Where Domino's like, how do we shoot this movie? Let's make it all disgustingly yellow so that white people know that Mexico's scary. (laughs) Right? And so it's like all these things that he did so naturally, right? They they ruined – a lot of other movies tried to do this Michael Bay stuff and didn't work. The weird thing for me is how well the the character – because this movie to me – yeah, it's it's a constant mix of things that don't work for me that is saved by the amazing – charisma of the two leads right so i'm with kevin that opening scene is staggeringly good to me well yeah but right but but are is this only bad because of how diluted and terrible and repetitive everything that we just saw has become because it's it's his movies personified (laughs) through 25 more years worth of his movies like when this first came out this was really uh 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 
I say groundbreaking in the fact that no directors were filming action movies like this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this this had kind of a John Woo uh, slow motion effect when they uh, had their uh, moments, especially towards the end, and and uh, they 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 really um, over, I, I guess, really focused on the minutia of like action scenes where they honed in on like the single bullet flying out of a chamber or like, you know, a brick <laughs> shattering in a piece. And like, yes. so this was them trying to take a, a much more artistic approach towards an action movie. And it, that's why bad boys, that's why people walked away from this being like, Michael Bay is going to be the director of the, of the new generation. If he shoot movies like this, like yeah, I, I, he was for us. <laughs> yeah. I had to take the lens off of all the last 15 transformers movies to be like, this is actually a really well-filmed movie if you yeah. look at it from the standpoint of, like, we make fun of these movies now. I was watching this trying to, like, get my brain into the mode of, like, okay, which which of these cliches came before this movie and which came after? Like, where did this fall in the timeline? Because all of this <laughs> stuff by now I have seen a hundred times. Every bit of it. It's but all after. It first before it's the all movie, after. after. Uh, the one thing with, like, the, yeah. the cinematography of it, uh, like same thing, I had to like it had like kind of this weird dynamic. Like there was some just like amazing, excellent shots, like the opening scene when they're going through the city and you have like the big vibrant colors. Uh, and then like yeah, probably like, the first time I don't ever remember before having like the circle round shot, like that he did like three or four times. The iconic Michael Bay circle yeah. round, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that other time, well, it'd just be like this really like low resolution, grainy, like. Yeah. zoned in picture that looked like it belonged on like a 90s tv sitcom right well that's the thing i would say this this show right because you could link it back to beverly hills cop 48 hours right it's very much in the vein of those right. movies but i think that miami vice connection is a real thing right because one thing michael bay does right i think he shoots an extraordinary film right the thing is though is it michael bay right there's this theory in cinema right invisible hand right every time the camera moves it should be for a narrative artistic reason right michael bay is like no fuck that he's like jib shot through the police up <laughs> just because he can't have any stagnance right and also he does all these slow-mo shots but then the next 55 shots are all one second long you know because like i noticed that when they're like breaking in i didn't realize that was a police station they were breaking into with the one guy who was battling a taco (laughs) watching the fort you know it's like what the hell but it's it gives you this sense of that they're really put together criminals and they're so slick because every fucking shot is coming at you so fast they feel like a well-oiled machine right and i was like that's kind of a cool effect it keeps you jarred but at the same time everything he's doing in the movie is constantly breaking you out and being like, hey, this is a movie. There's no immersion in this movie. You don't feel like you're a part of it. You are watching it as if it's like a monster truck rally. (laughs) And there's something really fun about that, though, because you know that any fucking thing can happen. I mean, I I wrote in here that within the first 10 minutes, we had night vision goggles, unnecessary sparks, plane plane flying (laughs) over signs, uh, semi-racist <laughs> remarks and scanty, st- scantily clad women. It was like yeah. Michael Bay was trying to immediately show us what the main course was for the rest of his career with all these appetizers. Like we knew <laughs> where he was going to be like pretty, pretty closely. And by the way, we got to give. Uh, so I got to give a little bit of credit to the writer. Uh, so it was George Gallo. Uh, he wrote Midnight Run. 
double mm-hmm. take and bad boys. Now I say double take as if it's at on par with midnight run, <laughs> but, but like he, th- there was something about his uh, writing capabilities in these buddy comedies that uh, I think really resonated at least with this. And I think the thing that we, we, we I, I gotta love so much about this movie is that this was the first movie to recognize Will Smith as an action star yeah. because like, mm-hmm. He had only done a couple of indie films before this and Fresh Prince Bel Air. So no one was really looking. He wasn't even that. He wasn't looked at as being a, um, uh, I don't know, a sex symbol at that point. Like he wasn't a guy that you would ask to run around with his shirt off. And like this was the first movie where it was like people looked at Will Smith in a different light where all of a sudden he's an action star. He's holding his own with Martin Lawrence and he did it within the first five minutes of the movie. Like you could you would think that you couldn't buy him as being the strict guy like the 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 really um uh i i don't know uh uh slick and savvy cop right yeah. and he fucking pulls it off within like five or ten minutes of this film so it's like I, oh yeah we we not only were you introduced to michael bay you were introduced to will smith pretty quickly too i, I think it's kind of a good transition for him too because it's almost kind of like fresh prince of bel-air 10 years later if he became a cop yeah right like exactly like the rich exactly. i'm so like, irresponsible uncle phil left me all this money <laughs> i'm here you know oh I mean? my god is that's that, the trust fund he had story? uncle yeah, phil right? that's where he got the money that, 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 he was like i was getting in trouble with that. the beverly hills pd and they sent me to miami <laughs> <laughs> no uh but it is funny because if you look back at what will smith was right and that's the funny part because when uh kevin smith was writing jersey girl right and Ben Affleck spoils his career because he's making fun of some some guy, right? He originally wrote it to be Bruce Willis when he was doing Bruno, the music, right? And he's like, no one's going to watch the guy from, you know, Moon <laughs> Moonstruck or whatever do music. And that was supposed to be the guy, Bruce Willis bailed. That's and right. And so he rewrote That's it totally as, right. he rewrote it as Will, Will Smith. Smith. Yeah, and he's like, yes. no one's going to watch a movie with the Fresh Prince in it. Because that's what he was. His rap looked like the opening of Fresh Prince, right? Yeah. Big, cartoonish you know, baggy outfits and, you know, these weird kind of, you know, sets with like, you know, Grandma Ma, right? Like they were funny, funny records, right? And then when he's on TV, he's like the class clown guy, right? He's yep. he's not the guy that you would then imagine, like Mr. Take Your Girl and go kick your ass, you know what I mean? And so, but then it's so funny because you watch this movie and it's, a, like Kevin said, it's so immediately apparent. You're like, how could you have missed that? Right. Like the scene that struck me is when they find the dead hooker. Right. And uh, Martin Lawrence tries to cover him up and Will Smith pulls the the sheet off. Right. And you see it. And then they cut to outside and he's just on the car. And I was like, that's some real fucking emoting. Like he had to actually act. Yeah. And he does it in the choice he makes. Right. Just like I'm going to be trying to be cool as shit. But you can tell I'm ripped up. And I I watched that. I was like, oh, my God. Like Will Smith. This was him like flexing that muscle he's like i can do this shit too and by the end of the movie right you're like i've already seen him running in slow-mo with the shirt unbuttoned for five minutes <laughs> you're like how could this guy not have been in action like how could you not have seen yeah. him as the leading man it's almost impossible to believe now looking back after the amazing career he's had yeah so you wonder like if it weren't for this would he have been in like independence day that's a good point yeah probably not <laughs> yeah i well, don't know and- it, i mean Maybe. Well, and, and well, I, I think part of the reason why I think that this movie was so, and I was telling you guys about this earlier, but like the, the, 
Will Smith was second billing to Martin because Martin was the way bigger star at this point, or at least the person that people felt like could take seriously in a, a large role in this movie. And uh, being able to kind of get the like, you got to give Martin credit where he didn't want to be the the sleek, cool guy. He was a family guy, and that's not necessarily yeah. the role that's going to continue your career past the initial movie, <laughs> right? And and so we've got Martin, who, for all intents and purposes, the guy doesn't have to make a movie the rest of his life, and he's going to be great. He's, he's worth so much money. But Will Smith had arguably the best run of movies in like a four or five year span because of this. He had Bad Boys, he had Independence Day, he had Men in Black, he had Enemy of the State. Like he just rattled off like the yeah, biggest movies yeah. of all time back to back to back. And um, it's, 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 it's really incredible though to think about the fact that it all stemmed from a Michael Bay film, uh, you know, and, 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 he wasn't even the top billing for the entire film. So uh, I, I, I have to throw this out there, though, that we, we immediately get introduced in the first 15, 20 minutes to uh, who I think is a top five best sergeant, like, uh, of, <laughs> or, like top yeah. Joey Pants. Joey Pants <laughs> is like that is the role that he was born to play. And it makes me so happy to see him in it. Uh, I mean, you can't fight for a guy. He's uh, that that voice, obviously his uh, stats. The best Sarge. Oh, he's perfect for the role. Yeah. Joe Pantoliano is the the MVP of this movie, in my opinion. He was one of my favorite thing. One of my favorite aspects of this whole movie was just watching his scenes. <laughs> well, the one scene where I was just like, literally, what the fuck is happening? Because <laughs> you're watching the movie yeah. and you're you're baffled. You're like why are they the worst cops ever? Like, what is happening? But when they go in and he's in, like, a, a 50s basketball uniform, just missing hoops. While smoking a cigar. Right? While smoking a cigar <laughs> and screaming at them, like, hey, why did you go sleep at your house? What, like, where's the witness? Where the fuck were you, like, concussed, you know, Mike Lowry? Like, and then uh, it's <laughs> – but what is – but that scene is exactly what's so fucking funny about this movie, right? It's because, to me, this almost had, like, that the Joss Whedon theory, right? Like, that's what he did, and he brought over to Marvel and Firefly and all that is, you know, raise the stakes, raise the stakes, raise the stakes, and then, goddammit, tell a joke, right? And that's what this, this is almost like a precursor to, like, what every fucking giant franchise movie is now, which is high action, but with, you know, these cartoonish breakaway You don't moments. take yourself too seriously. Yeah, it you know, honestly, and that's the thing. I think that that was really smart in this movie because it is on paper, right? The elevator pitch is uh, someone breaks into a police station, steals a bunch of heroin, and then 1,000 Miami residents are going to get murdered as they shoot it out to get it back. <laughs> but they never, ever take anything in this movie seriously for a second, right? And again, this gets back to that opening scene, which is here's a stick up, right, where they've got a gun to your head. They won't stop arguing about eating fries in a car, right? Then they whoop someone's ass, and it's all good. And that's like, but that works really well. You have two television comedians, right? What do you do? You think this movie would have spun out of control if they had that hard breakaway, right? Like after the hooker's death, Mike goes dark, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, and now he's like, "I'm John Wick. You killed my hooker." Like that movie doesn't play, you know. But Joey Pants. Just not making baskets, right? Or even like, like the whole, 
the whole reason to like lie and keep telling this girl that their roles are switched. There's no good reason that they have to keep doing that <laughs> throughout the whole movie. But that's like, no. well, a major not only anchor. the fact I was like, why the fuck are you lying to your wife? Right. She's been a police wife forever. <laughs> yeah. Also, he went back to his house to lie to his wife, but not be like, hey, our house might be compromised. Take the kids away. <laughs> that would be like, they leave them there at the house. That was such an infuriating part. I was like, we could have dropped the whole, like, we got to be a different person 15 minutes into yeah. that whole game. That, that made z- And by the way, it turns into a he, weird comedy face off. He walks yeah, right? into, he walks into his apartment where he doesn't know the lights. So he can't find the light switch. Cool. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then he, and then he's got pictures of his best friend just posted. Yeah. All over. But, that's, it, but see, that's funny though. That's he's like, it's my best friend. While he's my partner, every time he saved my life, I put up a picture of him playing basketball. <laughs> You're like, what the but that's, I think it's funny because it gets it starts to devolve, right? So the Freaky Friday ness of it starts to devolve, where like you know Will Smith comes in and like they've switched now, right? And he starts off, he's like, oh, it's easy to be married. You only have to please one woman. Wink, wink. You know, and then he calls Martin Lawrence's life a zoo. Yeah. And all this stuff, right? And then at the end, when they're on the stakeout, he's like, you Mike Lowry, you King Dingaling. <laughs> he's insulting his own persona, right? Like, he's fully come around to where now he is his partner, and he somewhat hates what his partner is portraying as him. <laughs> so I was like, there is a weird, like, comedic uh, appreciation I have for that. Yeah, that's one thing. says, like, your family's a zoo. And, like, the last shot was you having, like, a fun family, like, get-together. Talking about out. beating up pimps and shooting people. <laughs> uh, I say I say end it about two or three scenes earlier because yeah. I would have liked a Mike Lowry, Taylor Leone, like, sexual attention moment. I thought the I thought the um, moment with Martin was weird. Like, it, yeah. like I didn't – Right. Like, I, I, I thought it was dumb. Like, and, and no one, You mean when him and Taylor Leone are in bed together? Yeah. She's got yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. the, the, she uh, knows exactly who he is at that point. She's just making his life miserable. Because that's when she's like, hey, your wife's at home definitely fucking Will Smith. <laughs> and Martin Lawrence has to sit in his head and be like, fuck, that is a real possibility. <laughs> like, I read that story this week. Brad Pitt has a new girlfriend. And uh, she has a boyfriend. And they interviewed him. And he's like, oh, it's cool. We have an open relationship. I'm like, dude. No, I don't you care don't. what your Not open, re- yeah, your open relationship is for other like Not HBO anymore, real sex people. You don't let your girlfriend trade up to Brad Pitt, right? And Martin Lawrence knows you don't let Mike Lowry in the house. <laughs> like he's gonna take your wife. <laughs> I thought that was fucking funny. Uh, but that's what I mean. This movie I would have liked to have seen been like phone booth, right? Like a tight like eighty five minutes. Yeah. Like I think if you cut all that out, you lose a lot of what probably. Because I was struck by how little action, yeah. giant action set pieces there were. Uh, right? Because I feel like so, Bad Boys 2 so has just some of the you... biggest and best of all time. Well, I mean, this is like Michael Bay's intro well, film, uh, so. Right. Yeah, just to give you a, a heads up, um, the uh, explosion at the very end of the movie, th- they weren't going to give him the money for that. That was $25,000. And they ended up, uh, <laughs> Michael Bay ended up saying, I'll, I'll write the check. And when this movie makes more money than what it costs, you guys have to pay me back. And they go, fine. So Michael Bay paid out of his own yeah. pocket $25,000 for that air, air, air hangar scene where everything blew up. 
which is awesome because that's where you get the dead body flying out of the yes. plane. Like, but that's what, like really other than that scene, like your really big set piece, right? You have the car chase on the bridge yeah. where he's just chucking the ethanol at them, right? <laughs> whoosh, whoosh. And then uh, the, the helicopter swooping in, just getting them on camera. Because <laughs> it's funny because one of the things that laughed, like one of the subplots of the movie was um, that the internal affairs lady is desperate to shut them down. <laughs> And you're like, because in my brain, I was like, but they're so close to solving the case. But then I had to stop it. I'm like, but they're also close to killing everyone yeah. in Miami. Like, how <laughs> like I think she's right. For this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, they seem essentially, right. this gets back to what we were saying earlier. They are two of the worst movie cops <laughs> ever. And I don't think it's really like a, a top competition. That the only other one that jumped to my mind immediately of worst cop plan and execution is kindergarten cop. Where essentially they're like, let's send one guy in and use 30 kindergartners as a meat bag. <laughs> right? Like they're actually bait. The 30 kindergartners are expendable bait so that Arnold can hopefully shoot a guy in a school. <laughs> and I was like, that's a really bad series of policing moves, right? <laughs> but I was like, other than that, like, these guys might be the worst. Yeah. These guys 100%. might be the worst cops. Because all they do is well, uh, I mean, pull guns on everyone and murder people and leave witnesses. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, no, put, let's, pivot, like let's pivot to what you were saying before we got on the call, though, Griffey. Let's talk about the fact that um, if this was uh, – if we put this movie in cancel culture uh, world now, yeah. isn't the number one thing that's being canceled the inability to actually be cops that follow – the rules yeah no yeah if you are a person who supports defunding the police this is porn to you yeah it is this is absolute a pornography to you where you're just like i do it but this is this is the funny thing because i feel like part of what we're probably dealing with today are guys who lifted weights in their garage watching bad boys 100 the same like, i can't wait fucking bad boys and die hard yeah. Well, they even said they're like uh, Michael Imperioli's character, right? They're like, he's the guy who got busted for smoking weed once. Yeah. yeah. And they just show up and they're like, I'm going to blow your fucking brains yeah. out in your entire business. And they hint that maybe he's not all the way clean. But I was like, bitch, that's not, that, that's not, not how you do this. What? <laughs> like you said, like, they don't even say the word warrant in the whole movie. Every single, <laughs> every single scene where they bust into somebody's place, they are not holding a warrant. And they don't care that they're not holding a warrant. And the first person that runs away, they're like, well, I definitely get to shoot them. Like, that's part of my job. Well, they go to that rich guy's mansion, right? The ventilation guy. They're like, oops, I slipped. Oops. It's like, what the fuck? Like, these are terrible, horrendous cops. And I'm telling you, the movie does such a hard. Yeah, but it's a hard tightrope where it's like, hey, we want you, the audience, to be more scared of heroin than these two being detectives where you live. And you're like, no, 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 no. No one does heroin and then is going to run into my tire business and threaten to murder me. That's not how heroin works. Like, yeah, I'd flood the street with drugs. <laughs> or, yeah, you're not going to have to some just, like, start chucking uh, no, out of the back of a truck. <laughs> In the middle of traffic. Uh, let, let's give ethanol. Let's give ethanol to do, Mike. Ethanol sponsored this film, and <laughs> they needed a way for it to go and be thrown from a, a, a van. I, th that was the product placement. The very first Michael Bay didn't have Pepsi. He had ethanol. And then that's when <laughs> the ethanol lobby. 
Yeah, there's no Mountain Dew. There's no Mountain Dew Transformer in this movie. It, it showed, even though I don't remember anything about this movie, it showed how conditioned I was of Michael Bay movies. As soon as I saw they were in a truck full of ethanol, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Like you Yeah, know, no, that's the, that's the old stage rule, right? Chekhov's canister of ethanol. <laughs> <laughs> if you see ethanol hanging above the mantle in Act 1, you know that shit's going to blow up by Act 3. No, I mean, that's the thing, though. In Michael Bay movies, you assume everything's going to yeah. blow up. Yeah. Like like when uh every time they separated, right? Which is constantly. Right? right? <laughs> it's like you're like something bad. Like I love the idea too that cuz I was telling you they set up that opening scene with the break in at the police station. And I was like, "So slick. Look at these fucking operators." And the rest of the movie does nothing but dismantle the fact that these are good criminals. <laughs> like so the guy who's wearing the backwards kangoo hat, right? He just shoulder blocks Will Smith through a window. And we never see anything else until Will Smith shows up with an ice pack. Yeah. Right? You're like, why not just kill him? You're already criminals who killed a rent-a-cop and you're like doing all this drug stuff, right? How about when they go, first off, the fact that uh, Mike Lowry and partner lead them right back to the hotel where they're keeping Taya Leone so they can have a shootout in the lobby. Why grab Taya Leone? Yeah. Just fucking shoot her right there in the lobby. Like, your, your whole goal initially was to kill her. When she was in that mansion, you were just going to kill her. Why are you taking yeah, her hostage right. now? Yeah, just get the pillow thing again. Poo poo. That's another one, right? So they use the pillow to shoot their fucking guy who's obsessed with, you know, Capone. Right? It's like, oh, another Miami criminal who loves Al Capone. They shoot him with the pillow, and then he's like, also the hooker. And two guys just whip out a gun and shoot her 15 fucking times without pillows. (laughs) I I think the part of the story that we were missing was that in that fleeting moment where they actually saw Taya Leone, he fell madly in love with her and wanted to whisk her away back to France. Like, I I totally agree that it doesn't make any sense why they wouldn't just kill her when they immediately got hold of her. But whatever. You're probably right. That's probably more Michael Bay. His, you know, archetype woman, he cannot kill her in a movie. (laughs) Can we at least talk about, I mean, I would like to talk about though, how terrible of a per, like she's a, she's a terrible character. Like I, I hated her so much. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want her to be saved at any point. She had the worst dog in the world. I didn't care about that dog. Like just let it mm. crap all over somebody else's house. That's like housing you and holding you in. Yeah. Well, cause there's a part of you that's like, well, she's emotionally traumatized. You're like, she still put on the silk robe and was shaving her legs. Like, she was pretty fucking comfortable when Martin Lawrence came back the next morning. And she has no problem throwing around her vegetarian agenda with what what's right. in bologna. And it made me real upset. Like, just let the man... Well, that that could also be chalked back to she just saw someone be slaughtered. So she's like... Yeah, well, yeah. She calls but it again, flesh. This guy's, like, trying to save your life, and you're lecturing him on his lunch. Then bologna. I'm sure he would much rather be home, like actually having dinner, but he's sitting next to you trying to figure out who's after you. And you're going to lecture him on the morality of your fucking sandwich. Thanks. But they said she was uh, an unemployed photographer. And when we briefly see their apartment, which she goes back to inexplicably, uh, we see her pictures and you're like, yeah, that's exactly the kind of person I think this is. (laughs) Right. So hold on. How does how does the how does the call girl world work? Where like somebody <laughs> just inexplicably becomes friends with a friend, and then they're like, "You should just hang out and come over to this guy's house." And then all of a sudden, it's like, 
I'm in dire straits. Let's see what happens. Like, I it's like, like a FanDuel sports book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you sign up three friends, you get a free hundred bucks. I don't feel like in movie history, the line, I need a filler for this call girl. Just go to these random guys house has ever gone well in any movie. No, no. Guess what? Guess what? Pretty woman only. I could uh, imagine. <laughs> yeah. I could imagine being a Miami call girl has some built in, uh, dangers right? like, Couple. doesn't seem like the best town hey i'll just go hang out with this random coked out guy who called for three girls you know at noon on a wednesday like jesus christ like that's a weekday that's a lunch until they run outside and then it's dark all of a fucking sudden but yeah it's like, what the fuck? and then they show no, up, I, they show up and they're, they're like wow he's being really obtuse i was like well you know wednesday guys calling and call girls to come in and do blow with them probably aren't like they're probably a little bit unhinged. You probably need to give them a bit of a doubt. Watch me snort drugs and talk about Al Capone's architecture hobbies. Like, well, what is, Lord. I, I, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, listen, th- I'm not here to uh, besmirch the industry, but she seems li- like her friends seem like <laughs> she was probably very good. She was very, very attractive. And she was yet, a pro. And yet she held down a part-time job at a gym being an instructor. Mm-hmm. Now, from experience, I was under the impression that you'd probably get into that industry because you didn't want a part-time job being a personal trainer in a gym. I feel like you got to choose one or the other. I'm sorry. You can't. Maybe that she owned that gym. Yeah. Maybe she's trying to go straight. Uh, but guess what? Then just do it. You own the gym. <laughs> time, just, just do it. Side job. Get some extra money. Uh, it, yeah, I, hey man, if someone those... would pay me that much to watch them do drugs, I would fucking go right now today. Did you <laughs> see that, that the house? That you're not a, was in, she you're was not a bartender. Yeah, but you're not a bartender. It's not like I'm gonna pick up a shift. Like you're doing things, and then yeah, you're. Yeah, like, I'm saying, if people were willing to pay me for said services, I yeah. would do that. You know how much yeah, money those motherfuckers get paid? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah, I, they get paid way more than I do. I would. I'd be in. I'd be like, yeah, I'll yeah. come hang out. I'll party. Hey, Amy, watch the kids. I gotta go. I got a Wednesday cocaine meeting. <laughs> Amy, watch the kids. Things are no. gonna go real well. It's a Wednesday. Let's no. go. If I get just if I get shot, just realize I was on my way to being a better <laughs> better decision maker. But see, that's the thing. I think Taya Leone fucked up because, I mean, that's the thing. She was being the pro and locking it down, like at least pretending to be nice. Yeah. And that's what sucks is that her good, her being good at her job is what got her killed. Taya Leone was going to show up, take half of that money, and not do shit to earn it. Right. That's another big black eye to me. Yep. I'm just saying. Don't take the job again, if you're just going to be judgmental. Again, the line, come to this cokehead mobster's house. You won't have to do anything. It'll be fine. Has never gone well. Ever. You There's no such thing as a free cocaine lunch. Yeah, the, everyone and, knows and that. And by the way, this was a launching pad for Taylioni too. This was a whole. Yeah. This was a whole lineup of people that didn't have their career set yet. So she, I after this, she she had a pretty good run, right? She was in Deep yeah. Impact. She was in a few other movies like Jurassic I Park Three. We'll count that. Taylioni. I thought it was the mom from Gilmore Girls. What? If you sit and watch and try and picture, they do. She looks kind of like Lorelai. Are you face blind? Lauren Graham. You think, <laughs> Are you face you think blind? you saw Lauren Graham? I see. Am I alone in that? Am I the only one who sees that? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
That's like when my wife tells people that I look like Ryan Phillippe. And I was like, what? And then her friends will like meet me and they're like, is it behind the fat hairy thing? (laughs) (laughs) Is he friends with Jack Black? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Ryan Phillippe after he gets hacked away and I know what you did last summer. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's nice now. I'm getting I'm getting long enough hair now that people think I look like Mark Boone. So that's a big upgrade from uh, the random fat comedians I used to get. <laughs> Who in the hell is Mark Boone? He's the Sons of Anarchy with the big like oh, triangular hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're beard. talking about. Wasn't he in uh, Batman Begins too? Oh yeah, he was. He was Harvey. Yeah, he yeah. was the detective. Yeah, yeah. He's like or Bullock. That's who he was. Bullock. Yeah. What your kids don't like falafel. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's who people think I'm more... They're like, that's your final Pokemon evolution. Is that guy? <laughs> I was like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, so Cloud, it's good to know that you're face blind. Like <laughs> Gilmore girls. Lauren Graham, you dummy. Um, so, oh, I learned something uh, so, else. No. no, it's okay. Uh, you mentioned the action scenes, though, Griffey. What, what did you think of this as an action movie, though? I thought it was good. I thought it, I thought it was good, man. Like I I liked a lot of the stuff they did. I liked the uh, the bathroom fight scene a lot, right? I thought that was really fun. Uh, Martin Lawrence being outsized by the one guy and getting jumped, and I thought that was cool, man. That's what I mean. They they have what they don't have in like those big kind of Michael Bay pieces you're used to now. Those apocalyptic mm-hmm. scale yeah. action or whatever. Yeah. I think what he does in this one really well is he finds ways to make all of those moments a little more interesting, right? Right. Because it is one of those, like, why would you bring the ethanol truck to Hell Club? It's called Hell Club. Like, don't park outside of there, (laughs) right? Like, that's the worst place to valet your car. And it's like, but that becomes fun, right? They steal an ice cream truck. Oh, there's bombs in it. Martin Lawrence throwing the guy through the aquarium. Or when he's getting choked and he's like, banging on the aquarium and will smith is just looking at all the chicks i was like yeah that stuff's great some dude comes up to me in an empty bathroom and starts peeing right next to me i'm keeping an eye on that fucking dude (laughs) that's bad etiquette you're not supposed to keep your eyes on them Uh, (laughs) just never leaving my peripheral vision well, also, my thing is, I was like, so they walked in and it's literally like uh, the island from Wonder Woman, right? It's just like Amazonians in bikinis and thongs. There's a lot. And then of all of a sudden, there's a biker with sunglasses and a bandana next to me in the bathroom. And I'm like, one of these things is not like the others, <laughs> right? Like, this is not okay. <laughs> That's the thing that would have been my red flag. Yeah. <laughs> There was a, uh, and by the way, there was actually a mixture that they put into the urinals. I think I believe it was a mixture of Mountain Dew and <laughs> a splash of Coke, Coca Cola, and uh, that's what they that's what they used to get the uh, mixture that was in uh, the urinals. That's the pee. Huh? Yeah. yeah. See, I always assume Michael Bay uh, sets are just flush with Mountain Dews. 100%. So that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It, 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 as he kept going on, it increased to like Monster, and then there was Red Bulls. But, like, <laughs> the core, the core Michael Bay films had nothing but Mountain Dews uh, throughout the entire right. film. <laughs> then he got all pretentious once he was in a Transformers. I, I, but, but, but I. I, I really I, so this actually kind of goes back to the fact that like some of the best Michael Bay films are the ones where he has to be constrict like you have to confine yeah. him a little bit like The Rock mm-hmm. is still my favorite Michael Bay film and the reason why The yeah. Rock is still so so good is because once you get onto Alcatraz you don't have the option of having big 
expanding crazy sets. You have to go and get everything within the set that is given to you, which is pretty confined, right? And Mm -hmm. he does such a great job of making that part of the character. Part of the reason why this is so good is because Miami is a character. The city of Miami Mm -hmm. is an enormous character in Bad Boys. In The Rock, The Rock is literally a character in it. When you've got a movie like Transformers, the entire world is your oyster, and Michael Bay has no idea what to do with that. Michael Bay, Michael Bay is a kid on a Snickers bar with that. He is he's running in 15 different directions. He's like, well, I'm gonna yeah. take the camera up here and I'm gonna have it go up and go around. But like when you can yeah. actually compartmentalize them and put them in a focused area, he knows how to shoot a movie. He knows how to shoot it really, really well. Oh, so yeah, that's right. why I like it. Yeah, yeah. Guess what? <laughs> ain't no, ain't nothing else going on but that asteroid. So we're gonna have yeah, the just jumping craters in the asteroid. Yeah, yeah that movie Small kicks ass. Michael Bay's Adderall just keeping him. But that's yeah. But that's to Kevin's point though. That's a really good point that I think it's overlooked is how much character he brings out of everyone we meet in Miami, right? Yeah. Because again, it's all very surface level, right? And we don't do a lot of like character building in this film. But everyone has something that feels immediately recognizable. You start to feel like a Miami local. And I think that is stuff he does really well. Like, again, that bathroom scene, that's just, uh, hey, we got to have a fight here. What's the most interesting version of that, right? And then we cut outside, and it's Taya Leone aiming a gun at uh, the terrorist who looks like UFC champion Stipe Miocic. If we're doing that, looks like other guys' faces, right? <laughs> that one is spot on. You can fucking quote that one. Is it Stipe or Stipe? I think it's Stipe, yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I'm like, hey, uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, you're killing people everywhere. Let her take the shot and be like, oh, we didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Run outside and be like, oh, we got here after she saw it, Sarge. Yeah. Like, they're already bending all the rules. What happens if she wings it? And so many more Let people died because she did not take that shot. Yes. Yeah, Somebody exactly. died in the club because they moved that gun down. Okay. <laughs> he, he brought it down and a bartender's like, ah! <laughs> it just got wasted by the fucking Grey Goose. <laughs> so many of the people yeah. in the city of Miami, if, if, if the cops had been like, hey, like 20 people are going to die or lots of people are just going to do heroin. They're just like, then let the heroin go. Like just yeah. have everyone in Miami be on heroin. We don't care. That's, but it's this like, is at, yeah, yeah. Miami needs some heroin, right? They need more downers in this town is what this movie's always like. Even the, the guy who owns the liquor store is oh. so hopped up on something, right? Oh, <laughs> he's, like, man. he's so jittery. I'm like, if that guy has heroin, hey, his life is better. <laughs> so, so, so does that guy, uh, get canceled now or is that okay is that character still okay i think he'd be okay okay racist about it okay all right fair enough except for that he sees black guys with guns and is like you can't possibly be cops (laughs) and and he throws throws the badges at him (laughs) just like yeah yeah, you got 99 cents i got badges i'm like why are you selling badges at the liquor store (laughs) what i've been in a thousand liquor stores i've never seen i've seen fake cocks i've seen everything except for badges and there's a distinct difference between those like little plastic badges that he threw at him and a solid metal (laughs) badge at the cop hey hey, but there's two things about this number one i really appreciate how they um they've done a great job with the uh creating confusion with the person that they're about to go and arrest. They do it at the opening scene and they do it with him where it's like, yeah, yeah we're going to do the odd couple. Like we're going to do a lethal weapon moment and then we're going to yeah. steal your gun. 
love that. Love yeah. it because they yeah. I, I get the sense that Martin and Will really do hate each other as 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 these characters, <laughs> but use it to actually stop crime. So it's a Batman yeah. and Robin dynamic that I really love. But I think another part of this though is that like um <laughs> the, at the end of that scene when Martin Lawrence goes in Skittles, I was like that, del- <laughs> that beat and that delivery was perfect. That was so Give me some part. rainbow bubblicious in Skittles. And Skittles. <laughs> But again, I like that that guy was going to rob them. Yeah. And I get the sense they're not about to pay for what they wanted. Not at all. So in their own little way, they are also the corrupt guy. Yeah, they still they robbed the dude, didn't they? Totally. Yeah. They, I mean, I guess if you're not going to run him in for, uh, you know, attempted murder, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. For, you know, a dollar fifty three. He doesn't know they're cops. To his knowledge, he just got jacks. Yeah, but it, that's true. It, and they left without like any evidence that those guys were cops. Mike. Well, also, it is one of those things where I was like, maybe we should do away with detectives who are just wearing wife beaters and cowboy vest and wearing like a six shooter belt <laughs> on their chest. Like, that guy's not all the way in his wrong. I mean, it has like a lot of neon mood lighting at that liquor store, and Will Smith does not look very official. <laughs> I'm, I'm, there's not a lot of cops wearing uh, velvet vests. You know, yeah. nowadays. So, yeah. you know. Well, I like that the cut that, because each of the detectives we meet have like a couple outfit thing, right? So they kind of have theirs. And then the other Latino <laughs> couple is like, a, hey, we're just going to be the Hawaiian shirt detectives, right? <laughs> so they have yeah, like little team outfits. Neither's wildly professional. Like maybe don't show up in a place with a gun, you know, dress like you're a tourist who's going to kill people. Like, I don't hey, like hey, that. Then have so I'll throw it. Then have Tia Leone just product shame him about the That's shampoo that he carries. <laughs> I you forgot guys... she hates shampoo too. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's not my favorite. The, the the liquor store owner, who was it? Uh, you I guys should know this. Bells with me, but I'm face blind, so. Yeah, you're fucking face. The cloud's like, which Gilmore girl owned the? To me, that's Marlon Brando that was behind. The <laughs> God damn it, Mike! It's not Marlon Brando. Griffey, do you, do you know who? I have no it is? idea. I have no idea. Uh, do you guys uh, know a little movie called Iron Man? Yes. Yeah. You you, you know the guy oh, that was the actually. Was he the yes. doctor? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. No shit. Yeah. Wow. Look it, at that. There you go. Iron Man and Iron Man Three. He he was a reoccurring <laughs> character. But so like so it was that like guy, the biggest role ever. Uh, Iron Man, yes. Okay. Iron Man, yes. But he's been in multiple films and TV shows. So that's just kind of like his thing is he's always like this, like a small minor cameo. Well, I'm sure not by choice, Cloud. They didn't let him be in Bad Boys as the detective. <laughs> yeah, this did not launch his career into the Men in Black films. That was real <laughs> He was the only one who didn't get launched into superstar. <laughs> there was a bunch of like Michael Pirelloni Pirelli- yeah. was in this movie. And, yeah. Uh, and, um, uh, I. You had mentioned the uh, the other uh, I'm tra- the internal affairs uh, woman. She was in CS, uh, I think NCIS or NC- uh, CSI or something like that. And she was in Species. She was in a bunch of stuff. Like we we yeah. had a we had a few people that had a lot of other roles. Also, the shows. guy that mugs them at the start who says he's a shitty stand up yes. comedian. He's in everything. Waterworld. I'm so bad at actor Waterworld. names. He's in Waterworld. Yeah, it's like it's he's... the bane of my existence that I I know a lot about movies and I watch them all the time. But I cannot remember actors' real names it's okay. to save my life. I just can't do it. I don't. I don't think yeah. you have to know that guy's name, though. That guy. That guy is a you know really his face. One. You know his huh? bad guy vibe. <laughs> oh well, his yes, his bad guy vibe. But 
yeah, yeah he, he's he's not worth knowing um so yeah <laughs> but 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 i thought that like a, a lot of the movie was really really smart in the way that they kept um making their characters argue with each other but i will be very very upfront with you guys i'm a big martin lawrence fan i'm a big will smith fan uh if you guys ever fucking talk to me the way that they talk to each other in this movie we probably wouldn't be that we probably wouldn't be friends i'd probably get really sick of you really quick no well honestly if i was hanging out with you two and you talk to each other that way i would not hang out with you anymore because it was annoying it honestly is like me and my brother when we're like really passive aggressive and mad yeah and you're like well today's the day me and my brother are fist fighting like i know it's coming like it's gonna happen and there's just always ends in a yeah we took another step to solve this case because <laughs> like there are so many times that yeah i'll be i will be up front i could have done less with that yeah i get it there needed i get be, it there that needed to be more build towards why they care about each other there yeah. was not enough of that there needed to be two more scenes where it was like hey mike listen you're my best friend because of this <laughs> moment in our lives. <laughs> like, yeah. And that shit didn't happen. It was mainly like, well, they have, they have that really good scene where he comes in at breakfast. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uncle Mike walks in during breakfast and he's just, he feels very comfortable with the family, comfortable in the house. So I was like, there was some of that. It's just, yeah, it got to this point. And I think that's to your point, right? Is when you have two people trying to get their comedy shots in, you have to do twice as many one-liners. Mm-hmm. And you're like, at a point, you're like, it's a bit, instead of, you know, Nick Nolte just taking shots from Eddie Murphy, right? Now it's like, if Nick Nolte had to give a joke back every time, that movie becomes a bit more tedious to me. You can do, you can do that while still not cut. So this is a Michael Bay thing. His jokes really come out of cutting the other person down. Like he's, he's (laughs) he's very much a bully director where it was like, well, they'll laugh if I have him make fun of his penis, and we're gonna go with that. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that that that's like a that's like a joke that you write when you're bored and you just make shit up. And but that, yeah. but but that's also why like ninety percent of America loves Michael Bay films because they're not gonna think past the dick joke. In but, the nineties, though, that's how the macho guys acted, right? Like I was, I was telling you, I watched yeah. Bill and Ted last night for the first time in ages. And even Bill and Ted, who we think of as these, look at these nice, right. like, you know, clueless stoners that wrote the song that brought the world together and made, you know, relations between all the alien species okay. They hug each other in ancient England. And they're just like, right. like so even Bill and Ted were struck by the toxic masculinity bug, right? And you're like, that's just how people were back. So I like, it's, I think that tough guy shit that Michael Bay just tapped into, right? Like, I mean, my brother, like, just lives on Michael Bay films. He's just a guy who I lift weights. I, I like to get in fights, and I like to watch Michael Bay films, right? Like, that's just a guy. brother's brain is <laughs> one big Michael Bay, Bay film. film. Like, yeah. to, my like, brother imagines life is, like, he thinks every one of his scenes in life is the start of a Michael Bay film. <laughs> He's like, I better fight this guy because surely we're about to go on an adventure. <laughs> and it's like, that's not how this works, Skyler. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean that's just how it is what that's just how it is man different times boys yeah but it definitely uh not just tapped into it it fermented it uh did, sure. so did we did, did we like uh how the movie wrapped up do we like the end the end scene and then racing 
towards that uh, uh, wall and then... Speaking of bad cops, reading the Miranda rights when the person can't hear it is definitely a bad cop move. I'm reading them as rights. Are you? Because you're in a car (laughs) and he's in another car. How about when the guy's already shot and defeated on the runway... You just fucking murder him in cold blood. What are you trying to And shoot then your him? partner goes, I knew that's why I loved you. He tried to shoot him, though. He picked up his Walk gun. up and secure the crime scene. He was laying there for like four minutes. Walk up yeah, and kick like, the exactly. gun away. That's the first thing. Yeah, you could have gotten that gun away. They, from him. they didn't kick the gun away like every cop does in every movie because they wanted to shoot him so very badly. Because Will you? Smith literally finishes a. I, I chose not to shoot you. I choose not to. I might still. I choose not to. Like, he's going to make one good cop choice. And then within 30 seconds, he is just unloading his whole clip. And then literally his partner. That's why I love you. That's the brotherly bonding you were looking for, Kevin. So you, guys, you know I always get overly sentimental at a crime scene, a murder scene. <laughs> like, what? And you guys, you and, guys and also, don't know Miami, Miami law enforcement. You don't, you don't know Miami justice. That's how they do it in Miami. You just, I'm not hey. gonna lie. I assume this is how it happens in Florida in real life. <laughs> like I, I would believe that. Yeah, I used to write news stories in Miami when I was out of college. Trust me, it, 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 everything's either on fire or has been shot. That's how Miami rolls. <laughs> The other thing that struck me at the end of that movie is at the end is when you see the helicopters and all the squad cars coming to the scene. And I just thought, man, if they had just waited 10 minutes, they would have just had the place surrounded and none of all those explosions would have happened. Those people wouldn't have died. There wouldn't have been. But that's this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they really take on two gangs who came fully loaded to do a deal? With four cops, Taylor Leone and Ethanol. And taking shelter behind a propane tank. <laughs> yeah, they literally did that with four four cops, Taylor Leone, and explosive barrels. Yep. They took on two entire <laughs> gangs. And, and a, like, truck, all of you. Truck, or a recycling truck, almost, it looked like. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I, I would thought the same thing as you. It was like earlier in the movie where they're like, don't call the police station and tell them where the giant ship lab is right because <laughs> internal affairs is on our ass and i was like well hey maybe if you tell them where all the drugs are internal affairs or no you didn't do it you know what I mean? <laughs> call for backup but that's just not because this is what this movie is more than anything and i think it's why michael bay has become so beloved in a certain population he is a master of the modern <laughs> myth right because yeah. when you see will smith chasing down a car his shirt open and Martin Lawrence jumping on a cab. You're like, these are all terrible moves. Like, that's not how you do better in this scenario. But you watch it, and they are bigger than life on the screen. You're like, they are these archetype of male virility. And you're like, that's what Michael Bay's amazing at. Like, that whole scene in Armageddon, right? That's, like, the whole movie for, like, the first hour is how do we make these just, like, these awesome manly men? You know what I And it's – he's fucking amazing at it. So – would it have been better to do everything differently? Yes. <laughs> Would it have been what Michael Bay does best? No. <laughs> truth. Absolute truth. Uh, so, qu- question. If we had to go and think about who we'd recast as the parts today, who are we, who are we choosing as the uh, recasting? And side note, you can't choose Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> 
That was my first thought too, because I'm like, no, that no. guy could do anything. No, exactly. literally anything. No, it, it's the John Ham rule. John Ham could be basically yeah, right? any rule. <laughs> he could be any role that you throw in. Let, let's just take Michael B. Jordan out. Who are we putting into uh, the roles? Before we do that, you did bring up one uh, thing I noticed on this is how much they use Michael Jordan as an icon in this movie. Yes, they, they do. Like, say, like, be like Mike. I just wonder if like kids watch this movie now who really have minimal concept of who Michael Jordan is would watch this and be like, what? Well, what? and, and, and uh, Mike, the ironic thing about that is that they talked about how the fact that Jordan was retired, right? Yeah. Uh, by the time the movie came out, he was unretired. He had already returned. He had really? played like 14 games in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, he was already back. So one of yeah. the jokes was already outdated in the movie because it came out in 95. He came back in 96. It's funny. I mean, he was such a dominant force, right? I think that's kind of the cool thing about this movie, too, is that this was the two the two black leads, right? And it had that cultural vibe about it that felt different. Right, because even like forty eight right. hours in Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murphy is the anomaly. Right, like yeah. half of those scenes are I'm not supposed to be here or have any authority. Right, this one just had that different vibe, and I, I like stuff like the Michael Jordan thing that works. Because at the time, I don't know, I think kids might see it now with that Michael Jordan documentary. Yeah, but he was all consuming. Yeah, like you could not go a day without seeing or thinking of oh, Michael Jordan. He totally 90s. get it, but they would be like, "Why does why does uh, Will Smith's character just like keep saying everybody wants to be like him?" Because <laughs> <laughs> also they would be like, "Oh, it's Will Smith. People obviously want to be like yeah. Will Smith." I, I, so you don't think that uh, the be like Mike has been generational? I don't know. I don't know if kids like at least in the next five years will know who Michael Jordan will like have like a. We'll get that joke. We'll understand the be like Mike mantra. Like, I think you're Michael insane. Was back then. I, I think you're fucking crazy because people still buy Jordans That's every every That's year. Like no he still is a cultural icon. I think that will never die. <laughs> All right. So recasting. Uh, uh, oh. Yes. Recasting. So you I've, need your I've tall, got, slick, I've got, I've got cool my guy. I've got my two. So you All right. Go. What do you got? So tall, slick, cool guy. Funny older family man, I guess, is what we're looking for. Funny older family man is Anthony Mackie. Okay, that's a good one. And uh, charismatic young guy is Donald Glover. Oh, that's good. See, I was going to go John Boyega would be my Will Smith. God, who's like the the captain? Or not the captain. I mean, he's not even the captain. He needs to be older, but still a like Martin Lawrence is way better than I think people remember in the action stuff. Yeah, like, he, he was, was an athlete. He was a gold glove boxer. He was a good athlete. So who could still be the good athletes and pull could, that off? You could get like a I feel like you could still have maybe a Dries Elba or Ice Cube. They're like too bad. Although Ice Cube does a lot of comedy. He does a lot. But he's of like too scary. Like if him and if him and John Boyega were doing like talking to each other, like Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, you would assume that would end in murder. <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about like are we there yet? Ice cubes, like like ice cubes. Yeah, that's what I mean, right? Yeah, Twenty one Jump Street Ice Cube. Like he plays like the tough captain. Yeah, you know maybe that's what he needs to do. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, I, I mean, my mind leapt to Chappelle, but I don't think there's any way you'd get him to, like, care about doing this movie at all. Hey, but that, that, should, cool. that, should, that shouldn't be taken into consideration. I think that that would still be – that that would have been a good one. 
Maybe, maybe in his prime, yeah. What do you? What think, about Ma- what about that? Jamie Fox? Jamie Fox could be the the older one. Oh my God! Well, Jamie Fox should be in the Michael B. Jordan. He can literally do anything. <laughs> he can absolutely do anything. Yeah. Like Jamie Fox is one of those like an unfair amount of talent guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it'd be fun to bring it full circle as you get Eddie Murphy to come back. Yeah. Oh. As well, kind of the grandfather but, but, of this buddy you, cop explosion. You're almost getting. He too, can be the commissioner. You're getting too old. You're getting like that. No, not, he's the commissioner. That's not the dynamic. Like he could be the captain, but you can't have him be the forty-year-old, <laughs> older person in the movie. Like that's not the same dynamic. <laughs> it's like you're, you're like you're like. Well, Morgan Freeman could be. No, he could. No, he could. Yeah, right. Morgan, Morgan <laughs> Too fucking old. What do you got, Cloud? I'm terrible at this, but uh, I liked uh, I like the idea of uh, Idris Elba and John Boyega. Okay. That's that's two tough boys though. They're real. Tough. I think John Boyega could do the Family Man. What? I think he could do John so Boyega's the Family be, Man. Yeah, Dream to, to be Bill Smith. See, I imagine John Boyega like uh, Pacific Rim too, where he's just like partying in the pool on the Wave Runner with dead kaiju's around him. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm here to party and eat Eggo waffles." <laughs> that's right? Great. That's like that guy's cool. That guy's insanely cool. I, I can see. What uh, have you got, Puff do. Daddy, to be the Puff Daddy to be the Martin? <laughs> Well, what, uh, he's uh, not nearly as good. Who's who's the, who's the guy in Get Out? Daniel. Uh, oh, that's a good one. I do like that. Oh, that would be a good one. I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. Kailua. Dude, who was a uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Lil Ray. Lil Ray, who was the guy who played the airport security guard in Get Out. He would be awesome as the Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Lil Ray Howard. One. Is that his name? Right. Yeah. Are you about the big obese guy. He's not that he's not obese. No obese. Well, that's the <laughs> difference, obese. Cloud. To someone, to someone my size, I would never call him obese. To you, he probably looks obese and giant. <laughs> you're trying to talk, you're trying to talk about like he's a nutty professor. He's just still <laughs> that. Like, okay. I nonetheless have a hard time picturing him jumping over cars and. Sure, <laughs> but that's that's part of the charm but of he the new bad boys. Is that he's so not? There you go. You do, uh, like Keith Stanfield, right? Is the yeah. Will Smith. And then Lil Ray Howery, that is his name, Howery. He is the Martin Lawrence guy. That would be fucking Le- fun. I, dude. That would I, be a I'm a one. big Lakeith fan. I, I think he'd be amazing. Yeah. I think that could work out. That'd okay. be good. Anthony Mackie's a good one, though. That's a good choice. Uh, he's, I think Kevin he's... had the best, the best group, but. <laughs> well, you know, that's why I'm on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> For game domination. <laughs> Just saying. What else do we got, Kevin? You had another thing you wanted to do. Oh, actually, it was it was recasting and it was cancel culture. So we already went over the cancel culture side of things because we talked about yeah. the uh, uh, cancel culture uh, would be all of it. What? All of it. All of it. <laughs> all there, of it. <laughs> there, there, there was definitely comments that were made during this that uh, uh, would not fly nowadays. <laughs> uh, no, I, I it, it actually the only recasting they would have to do from now on is Taylor. It would be the the Taylioni role if we were to recast everything because i feel like that's still an integral part so you could have lorelei you You fuck you fucking asshole (laughs) no uh i was struck by taylor leone as i was like oh my god michael bay had been building towards megan fox for so long like when he found megan fox for terminator one was or transformers one he's like i finally found her (laughs) and that's why all those creepy stories came out of set 
And he was condemned to Transformers Purgatory forever. Yeah, what was that issue? <laughs> I remember there was something with it. You can read up on it. It's a lot of weird stuff, like her being 15, and he's just like, more bikini stuff. It's so gross. Yeah. I believe uh, so, yeah. He, he's oh, getting, wow, that, was not, that is weird. not okay, what they did with her then. Well, because I remember being around that age when I saw that movie and seeing Megan Fox and just being like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> right? But when you're Michael Bay's age, it becomes way yeah, I mean, more creepy and exploitative. It's less to do that to a 15-year-old, to like portray a 15-year-old in that light. Hey, listen, we're yeah. talking about bad boys. We're not talking all right, about... All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, was, I think I, I could make a promise that we'll never discuss a Transformers movie again on this podcast. <laughs> Except in passing. Uh, actually, that's the set. Of, we're going to do a, a five-part movie series of us three, and it's going to be Transformers, Transformers Dark Side of the Moon, Transformers uh, Revenge of the Fallen, Transformers <laughs> Age of Extinction, and Transformers Last Night. So I hope you guys are ready for it. I'm not going to lie. The fact that you just had all of those colon titles <laughs> – is actually stunning to me. <laughs> the fact that yeah. you knew what those were called. I cannot find I didn't even it. cheat. I just knew those off the top that of my head. Kevin. Yeah. I just remember like Shia LaBeouf one, <laughs> uh, racist robot twin ones, yep. dinosaur one. <laughs> really? No, 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 you skipped That's over. I you skipped over them. one. Age of Extinction is the yeah. first one. How, how <laughs> um, but but I was I was going to say, if I am recasting Tay Leone, I'm using Alexandria Daddario. That is my choice. Oh, man. Yeah, that's an awesome one. She's great in everything. She's in a really cool movie on Netflix really now. We Summon the Darkness, I think. Yeah. All right, guys. So final pitches. Really it is. It is. You should check it out. Uh, final pitches as we say farewell to Bad Boys on this, the year of its anniversary. What about this movie still works after all this time? Why is it the beloved classic that it's become today? Kevin, why don't you take it first? It is so important to go and have a buddy cop movie where both the cops are hilarious. And you have to go back to the idea that action movies were filmed differently before this film. And now they mm. all followed this archetype because of Michael Bay films. It's crazy. So I think it's a really important movie to go and watch so that you can understand why we're at today and why people like Will Smith have the careers that they've got. Yes. That's Cloud. It. I mean, you watch it now and it's not really that impressive after everything we've seen up to this point. But taking in mind for the time, it's kind of a blueprint for everything, for a lot of things that came after it. Even more like a transition point. Because, like I said, it's basically every cop movie cliche crammed into it and then escalating it times a million. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing that has made this one beloved, right? Is And it's what Michael Bay does is. He will forsake anything in the uh, kind of art of filmmaking to just get whatever is the coolest and most fun. And I think when you have two leads that are as charismatic and hilarious as Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, and you are good at doing all your action and uh, cool stuff, right? The stuff that like butch guys are like, yeah, right? You mix all that together. And again, you throw away, it doesn't matter that it's a half an hour too long. It doesn't matter that you're doing Freaky Friday in the middle of a heroin investigation <laughs> right it doesn't matter that all the police work is nonsense and joe pantaleone is just shooting hoops when he can't make a basket but yet he still keeps doing it none of that matters because at the end of every scene you are smiling and enjoying yourself right and i think that is the great gift michael bay gave us is instead of these movies like 
the Arnold and Stallone action movies where it's like, it's very serious. It's very tough. We're fighting. You know, the comedy comes from almost like these unintentional bad one-liners. This movie just says, fuck it, man. These movies are just fun and nonsensical. Like, totally it's a, you don't, you're not here to do murder on the Orient Express. You're here to watch these guys be hilarious yep. and kill people. And you get a shitload yep. of that. Right? So much of it. <laughs> Michael Bay overdoses us on fun and murders in this movie. So much of it. Yep. <laughs> like said, just, like, just as if yes. you just pour Mountain Dew, your, Mountain Dew on your brain, that's this movie. <laughs> and let's all agree that that's how we wanted to spend our time as teens, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, also, guys, uh, a little PSA. Legalize all the drugs. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, goodbye to Kevin. Goodbye to Cloud. I'm sure we'll be back with you again. Uh, yeah, we have a huge October, but we'll come up with something cool for when we get back. Uh, thanks for your time, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, no problem buddy. Bye. Yeah.